Good morning, church. Welcome to worship once again, wherever you may be. I invite us as we gather for worship this morning to turn our thoughts and our focus uh, to God this morning as we uh, seek to be reminded of his presence with us in this moment and in every moment. Let us lift our voices together on this third Sunday of Easter as we sing Resurrecting. Savior knelt to one. 
all of us can say amen to that this morning. I, I love the bridge in this song. It says, by your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. I hope as we gather, as you gather this morning, that you are experiencing uh, Jesus resurrecting your life and reshaping your life so that you might experience his full presence and so that we together might be the church that shares the light of Christ with others. Again, welcome to worship this morning. I invite you to sign in and to check in to let other folks know um, that you are joining together in worship this morning. And now I invite us to simply bow our heads and let us um, go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Gracious God, as we uh, gather together virtually this morning, we just seek your presence. Pour out your spirit upon us wherever that we may be. Uh, help us, Lord, in the uh, midst of the everyday struggles and difficulties uh, to know and to experience your presence this day and every day. Lord, we just ask that you would continue to uh, work within us and among us to open up our, our hearts and our minds that uh, we might experience your presence, that we might know your spirit working in and through us in all that we do. We lift up, Lord, to you those uh, within our community who are uh, suffering and sick and, and just uh, seek your healing touch. Uh, we also come together to offer up praise, Lord, for uh, the joys that have been experienced throughout the week, for those places where we have seen you at work. Uh, we especially give thanks, Lord, for the, uh, the birth of a, a new child this week and that your blessings would be upon the Renos and their family 
as they seek to nurture and raise this child in your kingdom and in this community of faith. We just ask, Lord, that um, throughout this coming week, uh, that you would be with us, guiding us and leading us, um, helping us to be better examples of you so that we might express your love toward others and that we might truly make a difference in the lives of other people. Indeed, as we come together this morning, we just ask that you would open up our eyes, that we might see the people who you place in front of us, whether it is physically in front of us or whether it may be through interactions on the telephone or internet, that we would just simply be present for those whom we encounter this week. We ask, Lord, that you would open up our ears, that we might hear one another, that we might hear each other's stories and each other's struggles and each other's thanksgiving and praise. We just pray, Lord, that you would also open up our mouths, that we might speak words of wisdom, that we might speak words of encouragement and strength uh, to those whom we uh, talk with this week. We just ask that you pour out your spirit upon us this day, that indeed in all that we will do, that we will seek to honor you and to live in connection with you and one another in such a way that we invite others to come to know you. And in fact, we join our voices together on this day to lift up the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us join our voices together as we sing Amazing Grace, my change.
Well, today I want to do something a little different during this uh, family time, and um, it may seem a little awkward to us here. Um, maybe we'll see. But what I want to invite you to do at home, if you're if you're sitting uh, with your family, uh, I'm going to invite you to have a conversation and give you a couple of minutes, and I'm going to try to be quiet for two minutes. Okay. I don't know if I can do that or not. Um, but uh, and if you um, are alone, or um, you might just type in comments on Facebook, um, and simply, here's all I want you to do, is, is I would like you to uh, share with one another um, how you've experienced God's grace in the last couple of weeks. Where, in the midst of all of this craziness and uncertainty, have you experienced God's presence? And so, um, go, you've got two minutes to share. All right, five, four, three, two, one. That's it. Stop. Um, you can continue to share if, if you want. But uh, I think in the midst of this, it is important for us uh, to stop and to think and to look for those places where, where, where we have seen God. And I encourage us throughout the coming week to um, just pay attention to where God is at work in the midst of our lives because 
He truly is there, present with us, inviting us to find new ways to connect with each other and to connect with the world and to show his love and his grace. And now let us join our voices together as we simply um, lift up this song, uh, emphasizing that we will trust God in the midst of all things. Letting go of every single tree, I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wandering never changes what you see. I've tried to win this war. No more verses? Okay. Last week, we, um, 
we took a look at this journey of two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and we talked just a little bit about the fact that um, they needed this extended journey with Jesus in order for, uh, to, for Jesus to break through some of these uh, preconceptions that they had about who the Messiah was. We talked about the fact that uh, they had a difficulty understanding the empty grave and Jesus' resurrection and Jesus being the Messiah because they had this concept of a Messiah who would um, rule from Jerusalem and who, who would overthrow Rome with power and might in a worldly way rather than in a way uh, uh, through suffering and through resurrection. And so I thought that it might be good for us over the coming weeks to unpack or to take a look at some preconceptions that we might have about God. And, and I thought maybe one of the best ways to do that would be just to consider some of the uh, platitudes or cliches that we often throw out there. And so I invite you, if there are um, cliches that are your favorite or maybe your least favorite, that you type those into Facebook and share those on Facebook. And maybe in the coming weeks, um, I'll take uh, one of those and we will unpack that. But for today, I thought we would take a look at uh, something that I've seen more and more on Facebook throughout, the, um, uh, throughout these weeks as we have been um, physically distancing and staying at home and in the midst of this coronavirus. And that's a phrase that I think we hear often. It's a phrase, everything happens for a reason. Uh, have any of you heard that? Yes? Um, have any of you said that? Probably. I don't know about you, but I think I'm, I'm guilty of also saying that. Um, you know, um, and, and, and I have to tell you, having a science background... I do believe that everything happens for a reason. I mean, I do believe there's cause and effect. Uh, but in reality, we know that when we say that as people of faith, uh, what we generally mean is that everything happens for God's reason. Isn't that usually what we mean? And oftentimes we use this phrase uh, when someone is experiencing a, a, a difficulty and and let's be honest, I think we've all been there. We've all been there with, with a friend who is just in the midst of a crisis uh, that doesn't make sense. And they're having a difficulty. And these words come out of our mouths because we think that they're a way to comfort them. We say, it's okay. Everything happens for a reason. God has got your back or something like that. Um, now, if you've been on the receiving end of those same words, you realize that they don't bring the comfort that we thought that they might bring to the one who is hurting and in pain. And in fact, in my ministry to folks in grieving and struggling with crisis and loss of loved ones, I can tell you that that is probably the least helpful phrase for folks in the midst of that. And yet, we hear it and we use, we use it, and even when people say it and it's not very helpful, we know that they mean well, and so we just nod our head, um, understanding that they just had no other words to say, and that's their way of saying, I care. 
Where in the world did we get this, this idea that everything happens for a reason? Well, I suspect that we get it from Romans chapter 8, verse 28. In that passage, um, here's what Paul writes to the Romans. He says, we know that God works all things together for good for the ones who love God, for those who are called according to his purposes. Now, I think we hear that passage often, and, and we interpret it to mean God has a good reason uh, for either causing or allowing everything that happens in the world. Or we interpret it to mean, well, there is a greater good that will come out of these bad things and for somehow that is supposed to make us feel better. Or, or uh, we interpret it in a way that uh, means that given enough time, everything that happens to us will prove to have been necessary or, or, or the best about bringing something good in the long run. But if we think about it, does that really make sense? Does it really make sense that, that God allows or causes everything to happen and he has a good reason for that to happen? I mean, if that is true, if everything, is it true that everything that happens um, is even good or good in the long run? I mean, if that's the case, then God either caused or wanted Adam and Eve to eat from the apple. Or, or the fruit, and God didn't really want them to live in the garden. He wanted them to live outside the garden. I mean, if that is really true, that everything that happens for a reason that God has, or that God wants or causes, then Cain must have killed Abel because God was going to bring some good out of that which really doesn't make sense, considering that before Cain did it, God warned him not to give in to sin which was crouching there. So why did God bother to warn him if God wanted it or caused it? I mean, if it is true that everything happens for a reason that God has, then David must have slept with Bathsheba and killed Uriah because that's how God wanted to give birth to Solomon. Does any of that make sense? I mean, really, does any of that make sense? If we believe that, then we have to believe that God causes wrecks and God causes diseases like COVID-19 and financial meltdown and relational breakups. Can that really be true? I, I mean, there are people out there on the internet today who can tell me exactly why this pandemic has spread and why God has caused it or allowed it. I'm amazed at how connected they are to God to understand this and to really think that God is the cause of such a thing. You see... There's another passage in James, in James chapter 1, verses 13 through 18, and it says this, No one who is tested should say, God is tempting me. This is because God is not tempted by any form of evil, nor does God tempt anyone. Everyone is tempted by their own cravings. They are lured away and enticed by them, 
once those cravings conceive, they give birth to sin, and when sin grows up, it gives birth to death. Don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good gift and every perfect gift does come from above. These gifts come down from the Father, the creator of the heavenly lights, in whose character there is no change. You see, if I read those passages, it seems like to me that James is saying, yes, everything does happen for a reason. But that reason is not God. Sometimes these things happen because we ignore God's warning as Cain did. And we go ahead and give in to our own desires. Sometimes things happen because we or someone else makes a foolish or unwise decision and the consequences of it pour forth from us into the world or from others. Sometimes bad things happen not because God causes them, but because we fall, we live in a fallen and broken and upside down world that is full of flawed people. But make no mistake about it, God does not cause everything that happens, and God is not the author of evil and deceit and destruction. You may be wondering, what's the big deal, Pastor? It's just a simple platitude. Who cares? We all kind of nod about it. What difference does it really make? It's just harmless, right? Unfortunately, in my years of ministry, I, I must admit, I used to think these simple things that we used to say were just Harmless little sayings, but what I've realized is that they get ingrained in our heads, and sometimes these little platitudes and cliches become our complete understanding of faith, and we ignore what Scripture has to say, and we try to boil it down, and we come to believe that this is indeed the way that God works. And I have seen them do great harm in the lives of people. I have seen people who truly believe that everything happens for a reason, that God is the author and the cause of everything, and as a result, when something bad happens or in the midst of a crisis, they get stuck in this endless loop of searching for the answer and for the reason of why God has caused this or why God has allowed this. I have watched a, a, a young man in his, in his late late 30s, early uh, 40s, lose his wife to cancer when they were both convinced that she would be cured of that cancer. And then when she wasn't and she died, he struggled because he couldn't make sense of it. His understanding was that God had caused this or allowed this to happen uh, for some reason that he was supposed to figure out. He, he quit his work, lost his job, uh, became secluded uh, because he was on this endless search to understand the reason behind what had happened to his wife. You see, sometimes when we believe these platitudes, uh, they have an enormous 
harm and pain that they can cause people. I have seen other people who, who espouse that or have heard that, and so they struggle to find that reason and, and that purpose. And, and when they can't find it, when it's just beyond them to figure out a reason why this bad thing has happened to them, they finally just give up and get mad at God because they're certain that God wanted it or caused it or allowed it, and it makes no sense, and it seems capricious, and so they just give up on God. They get angry at God. They want nothing to do with God, and they walk away from God at the very time that they need to be walking toward God so that they might experience His comfort and His strength and His encouragement to know that God is with them, not against them. I have seen other people who embrace this idea. Um, I have seen it kind of cause them to gloss over their sin or, or to be irresponsible, I guess is the best way to put it. In other words, I have seen uh, folks who get this attitude, well, everything happens for a reason and so like I don't need to worry about what I throw into the pot I mean if I put a little bit of arsenic in there what's the big deal I mean if God wants people to die they will if God doesn't well the arsenic won't harm them don't go home and try that okay please don't go home and try that I have heard people say things like um, I have heard people say things like when, when um, I was on a trip with youth and, and, a, and a youth worker um, was talking about um, her daughter who had an um, extramarital affair and it resulted in a child and she's talking in the midst of this and she says something to the effect of, well, everything happens for a reason. God has a purpose behind this. And I'm just scratching my head thinking, well, I think I know the cause of this. And I don't think that God um, really wanted it this way. I mean, what I hear you saying is that God wanted your daughter to have a child, so he created an extramarital affair. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I didn't hear that right. But you see, sometimes we use that saying to just kind of gloss off over um, our own wrongdoings and mistakes and, and just really to um, not take them seriously and to not take seriously how we cause things to happen in the world and how we participate in some of the brokenness that is in the world. And then... I have seen the impact that sometimes these sayings have on people who are in the midst of their grief. And they really do. They hear when we say these things sometimes, when we say, well, you're in the middle of a crisis, don't worry, everything happens for a reason. Uh, well, we're trying to comfort them and say, don't worry, God's got it. What they're hearing is, yes, something terrible has happened to you, but somehow it makes sense um, in a way that you may not understand now, but you'll understand later. Or they hear it, they hear it in this way, your partner or your child's death, it may seem horrible to you, uh, but it's actually a good thing. And like I said, often when I hear that from folks, um, what I hear is, 
I don't know what else to say, so I'm just going to throw out this platitude that I've heard over and over and over again. You see, sometimes these uses of platitudes and cliches, while they may seem harmless, can have uh, an impact on our faith and the faith of others. Because we say them over and over, they get ingrained in our heads, and we begin to believe that that's the way God is, and that that is the way that God works in the world. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't believe that Romans 8.28 is saying that everything that happens is good. I don't think that it is saying that everything that happens is caused by God to bring about good. I don't even think it's saying that in the long run, everything that happens will turn out to be good. Now, see, as I read that passage and I read all of Scripture, what I hear is that in all things, God is at work. In all things, God is there. And indeed, God is seeking to bring about good. Not that he causes this or wants this or allows this. But God is seeking to bring about good. What I hear is that God can redeem our suffering and our pain. God can redeem our crisis and our difficulties. God can redeem our pain and our grief. I do indeed believe uh, that, that God can use uh, folks who have come out of drug addiction to minister to other people, but I don't believe that God causes them to experience that so that he can use them in the future. I do indeed believe that God has used the experiences that I have had with, with the death of, of loved ones. And the experience of journeying through my own grief and getting to the other side to experience healing and hope, even though uh, the loss never goes away. I believe that God has used those experiences to allow me to minister more effectively to folks who are in those same situations. But I do not believe that God caused any of those events or orchestrated them so that I would be better able to do that kind of ministry. Do you hear the difference? God does not cause everything to happen to bring about good. God uh, is at work in everything, though, seeking to bring about healing and wholeness and reestablish hope. So that those experiences that we have had might be utilized to help other people. And so I just invite us, the next time that we are tempted to say everything happens for a reason, especially to someone in the midst of experiencing a crisis or grief, that instead we come up with something more genuine, something that comes from our heart, I encourage us to be empathetic and to listen. And if we must say words, I invite us to say something more like, I don't have words to help 
or to heal or to take this away. I wish I had some magic words that could do that. I probably don't even understand what you are experiencing, but this I know. God is with you. And God will journey with you and God will not abandon you and God will embrace you in his love and God will help you through this grief and through this difficulty. And God will bring about healing and wholeness or a new wholeness if you cling to God and connect with God. So can we stop saying everything happens for a reason and instead declare the words of Scripture again later in Romans chapter 8 this is what Paul says who will separate us from Christ's love will we be separated by our trouble or our distress or harassment or famine or nakedness, or danger, or the sword. In all things, we win a sweeping victory through the one who loved us because nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not death or life, not angels or rulers, not present things or future things, not powers or height or depth or any other thing that is created. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And so may we this day hear those words and may we never again say everything happens for a reason, but may we say God is with us and will be with us now and always. Amen. And now I invite you in these moments where we would generally pass an offering plate, for you to just contemplate how God might be calling you to respond this day. Whether it's by giving of your gifts and tithes and, and dropping those in the mail, whether it's simply by reflecting on your life and how God uses it. Maybe by simply reflecting on how you respond to someone else in the midst of crisis or when you experience crisis? Do you seek to ask God why he is doing this to you or to others? Or do you embrace the fact that despite what is going on, God loves you and walks with you this day and every day? Let us join our voices together as we sing joyful, joyful we adore thee.
I hope you come back next week. We're going to take a look at um, another platitude or cliche that we like to say, which is God has a plan for your life. Okay? And I tell you what, I'm going to tell you what that plan is, so you're not going to want to miss next week. <laughs> I am. I'm ready. All right. So I hope you'll join us again next week. But I'd for like now. To find out yeah. what my What's that? I'd like to finally find out. You'd like to finally find out. Yeah. Don't miss next week, man. Okay. For now, let us go forth from here, knowing that whatever circumstances and situations we are experiencing, that God is with us. God's love surrounds us. God's love embraces us. And God seeks to bring about good in us and through us so that this upside-down world might be turned right-side up and might begin to live in love like Jesus so that we might truly make a difference in the lives of other people. Go in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit to share Christ's love this week. Amen.